Faith and patience work together. They're the wonder twins. Amen. They, they work together to help us. And she had been without the tool of patience, the fruit of patience operating in her life. Why? Because she didn't understand the nature of God. She didn't know God in his goodness. And so I want to, to allow us to see God as our refuge, for us to look to him as the one who is our stable and secure salvation, rescue, our protector. James chapter 1 in verse 17 says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. We need to set that as a dividing line. Let that be a marker. It didn't say, well, every good gift and every perfect gift and every test and every trial is from above. No, it said, this is what's coming from above. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father. The Father comes from the Father. The Father is delivering good and perfect gifts. He is delivering the good. It comes from the Father. And notice this. With whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. There's no variableness. Like, okay, should I tiptoe into the throne room today because maybe God's having a bad day today? You'll never have to worry about catching God on a bad day. He's never too stressed out to handle your request. He's never going to tell you, brick wall, I don't have time for you right now. You need to go away. I'm dealing with this nation's problems and I'm dealing with this, this government's problems and I'm dealing... No, no, no. He's, he's always open and he's always available and he's always willing to help. The Bible says that because of the new and the living way that Jesus has provided for us through the sacrifice of his body, that we can come boldly. We can come confidently. That word is not being audacious, not being, you know, sassy with God. That boldness is confident. We can come confident. We can come with an assurance. We can come in knowing that God is smiling at me. His willingness to help me is, is always on. Amen? I can come in and I can receive his grace to help me. I can receive His willingness to help me. I can receive His abundant provision to help me in time of need. Hallelujah. But you know why most people don't come? I'll tell you. The evidence that we have that confidence is that we come. We come to Him. We enter in. We come to His presence. We, we, we run into his presence. We're not pulling back. We're not holding back. It's not something that we dread having to do, but we look forward to our time with him. Why? Because we know him. But people who don't know him are clocking in with their prayer time. They're like, oh, I got to go pray. Clock in on the prayer clock. Let me get my 15 minutes and let me clock out and say I did my time. I prayed my 15 minutes. They're not, they don't know him the way I know him. Amen. They don't know him the way you know him. There is no variableness in God. There's no variableness, neither shadow of turning. That means there's no bad side of God. 
There's no dark side of God. There's, there's, no, there's no evil side of God. There's no shadow of turning. He's good no matter what angle you look at. It, from every angle, he's good. You know, when those seraphim are flying around the throne, and the Bible says that they fly around the throne and they constantly are calling out, Holy! Holy! And I don't think it's a rehearsed holy. I don't think they know when I get to a certain place in the room, I'm supposed to say, Holy! Holy! Oh, it's my turn. Holy! Hold, don't miss your moment. Holy! No, I think that they fly around and for eternity they are continually seeing an aspect of God that evokes in them a fresh worship. <laughs> they see God from a way they didn't see Him yesterday and they say, oh, you're holy. And they are consistently in awe of the holiness of God because every angle that they see Him from, He's good. He's good. Amen. Hallelujah. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness. The Weiss translation says, there is no shadow cast by the motion of his turning. He's so light, there's no shadows. He has, there is so much light in his presence that you can't find a shadow. Hallelujah. The Hallelujah. The voice translation says he is consistent. He won't change his mind or play tricks in the shadows. <laughs> he won't change his mind or play tricks in the shadows. The Bible in basic English says with whom there is no change. We know the scripture says I am the Lord and I change not. He he doesn't change. He's the same. He's constant. He's established. We can know what to expect from Him. We can know how He's going to respond. If we come to Him by His Word, we know He's going to respond to His Word. If we come to Him in faith, we know He is going to respond to our faith. He is the same. Hallelujah. The Weymouth translation says, Not the slightest suggestion of change. Hallelujah. Not the slightest suggestion of change. He's good. Tell your neighbor he's good all the time. Hallelujah. So the Father doesn't change. He doesn't change. You can trust in Him. That He's every good gift, every perfect gift. Notice where this, chap this, this verse is found in a chapter where people are contacting James and they're telling James, why are we going through what we're going through? Why are we dealing with what we're dealing with? Why are we being attacked the way we're being attacked? It was happening at a time that the persecution was taking place and people were being scattered away from their families, scattered away from their homes because of the religious persecution that was taking place. And James, the half-brother of Jesus, who became an effectual leader and influence in the church. He's telling them, count it all joy when you fall into diverse 
temptations. Diverse temptations means many faceted. That it's not just dealing with your finances, but it's dealing with this family member. It's not just dealing with the finances and the family member, but it's dealing with a physical issue right here. And not just dealing with the finances and a family member and the physical issue, but then you've got to replace those tires on your car. You've got to do this. You've got to work on this and you've got to prepare for this. And you feel like it's coming at me in a diverse, multifaceted, variegated temptations. And that word, when you fall into, is the same word. The only other time in the New Testament that it is used when it's talking about the man who fell among thieves. And eventually the Good Samaritan came and rescued him. But that word fall among, it wasn't something you anticipated. You weren't prepared for it. It came out of the blue. It was an attack that you weren't, and you, you weren't looking for it to happen. And when it happened, it just you fell into it. You just fell into these multifaceted, variegated temptations and tests and trials. And he says, what do you do? Count it all joy. Count it all joy. It's not time for half joy. It's not time for three quarters joy. Max your joy level. Turn it all the way up because this is the time for the joy of the Lord, which is your strength. And he begins to talk about turning to God. Ask God for wisdom. God's not going to upbraid you for it. Ask in faith, not wavering. Don't be double-minded about it. He's telling them how to deal with it. And then he says in verse 12, blessed is the man that endures temptation. Not, not tie the rope at the uh, knot at the end of the rope and hang on. No, no, no. T blessed is the man who stays patient and, and stays in faith and maintains their, their, con their conviction that God is good all the time and all the time God is good. I'm not moving off that. I'm not changing the way I see God. I'm not, I'm not trading in my philosophy of who God is because to fit my circumstance, I'm not going to determine today that, well, God, sometimes He does and sometimes He doesn't because of this experience. No, I'm going to take this experience and I'm going to set it to the side and I'm going to let the truth of God's Word be the foundation of my faith and I'm going to say, God is the Jesus is the same yesterday today and forever and God is a God who does not change and I will trust in the Lord with all my heart I will not lean to my own understanding hallelujah I will stay the same I will not change to fit the circumstance this circumstance will eventually come into subjection to the word of God that is abiding in me the word of God is forever settled in heaven and I am standing my life upon that word Woo, hallelujah and then he says do not err my beloved brethren don't err Every good gift, every perfect gift. Do you see where he's going with that? They were dealing with things. And they were saying, well, God allowed it. God allowed it. I've had people come to me and say, well, God allowed you to go through those years that you went through. God didn't allow it. God didn't allow it. God didn't allow it. it wasn't, God didn't sign off on it. God didn't say, I'm good with that. 
Go ahead and molest her. I'm good with that. Go ahead and prostitute her. I'm good with that. No, God didn't allow it. There were people who, through lack of knowledge, allowed decisions to be made in my life. There were bad decisions that I made. None of it was God involved in and cooperating in and participating in. But I'll tell you what, the day that I turned to Him and said, God, if you can help me, I need your help. He stepped in with that little bitty, little bitty sliver of opening in my life. God said, I'll take that open door. I'll, I'll Pry that on open and I'll come on in. I'll come in and help you. I'll come in if you'll let me in. Hallelujah. So God isn't the one. We do not err. Do not err. Don't, don't get your, your revelation of God from, from the songs you hear on the radio. Whatever doesn't kill you won't necessarily make you stronger just ask the children of israel whose carcasses fell in the wilderness just ask them they went through difficulty and difficulty and never entered in we can't allow the mindset to be in line with the circumstance the experiences of days gone by or the, the opinions of other people when it comes to who our God is. The word of God is truth. Jesus said in John 17, 17, sanctify them by your truth. Thy word is truth. The truth is every good and perfect gift comes from God. If it's not good, you don't have to take it. If it's not good, just say, no, thank you. I'm sending that back. I'm not going to take it in the house. They come to deliver it. They want you to sign for it. If it's not good, don't sign for it. Don't accept it. Don't pull it in. Just let it go. Just say, no, go to the next house. It's not, that's not meant for my house. Hallelujah. Every good... Don't err. Do not err. My beloved brethren, every good gift, every perfect gift is from above. Is that what Jesus said in John 10, 10? Did he set the line? Did he establish the understanding for us? He said, the thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. If it's stealing from you, it's not God doing it. If it's, if it's killing something in your life, a relationship, a financial progress, if it's killing something in your life, it's not God. Destroying. It's not God's M.O. It's not God's M.O. Jesus said, I am come that they might have and continually possess Life, and that they might have it more abundantly. I am come that they might have life. A life worth living. A life, the Zoe, God kind of life. A life that is a free life. A life that is free of despair. A life that is 
that is a peace-governed life, a life that is a prosperity-flowing life, a life that is a healthy life. I have come that they might have the God kind of life and have it more abundantly. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's go to Psalm 62. If we know Him, we'll trust in Him. Some people don't trust in God to the measure that they ought because of their lack of knowledge of who He is, of His character. Psalm 62, verse 2, He only is my rock and my salvation and my defense. I shall not be greatly moved. Why is he not moved? What, what's going to establish us and keep us from being moved by what we see and moved by what we're having to deal with and moved by what we're hearing? What's going to stop the, the moving? We know him as our rock, our defense, our salvation. If I know he is my rock and my salvation, what can move me? If I know him as my defense... What will move me? Nothing. How long will you imagine mischief against a man? You shall be slain, all of you, as a bowing wall shall you be, and as a tottering fence. Hallelujah. They only consult to cast him down from his excellency. They delight in lies. They bless with their mouth, but they curse inwardly. Verse 5. My soul. That's what they're doing, but listen to me. I'm talking to me. My soul. Now... David is talking to himself. My soul, you wait only upon God. Do you have to talk to yourself sometimes? Do you have to say, now listen here. We're not going to think like that. We're not going to have our mind whirling around like that hamster in the wheel trying to figure out how to make this happen. I'm going to cast my care upon the Lord. I'm going to trust in the Lord with this situation. I'll do whatever he tells me to do, but I'm not going to worry about it because worry won't fix anything. Amen. My soul, my soul, the mind, the will, the emotions, my soul, wait thou only upon God for my expectation is from him. My expectation is from him. Expectation, anticipation, I'm, I'm looking. If you're expecting something, you're preparing. If you're expecting something, it, when a person is expecting a baby, they begin making preparations. When a person is expecting the bus to arrive at a certain time, they're not going to, to take a walk down, down the street. The bus is about to come. I want to get in line. I don't want to move my, lose my place on the bus. Get, pick up your bags. Pick up your books. The bus is coming. I'm expecting. My soul has its expectation in God. Verse 6. He only is my rock and my salvation. Here we go again. He is my defense. I shall not be moved. Do you see he's told himself that twice? I think we could take a lesson from this. I think that we could take this and, and put it in our, our playbook, right? That we need to be verbalizing. He is my rock. He only is my rock. Hallelujah. He's my salvation. 
He is my defense. I will not be moved. I will not be moved. I'll not be moved by that symptom in my body. I'll not be moved by that report. I'll not be moved by what, that, what it, it looks like on my budget sheet. I'll not be moved by that. Why? I'm expecting the word to work. I'm expecting God's, God's uh, uh, blessing to be factored into my situation. I'm expecting favor to be added to the situation. My expectation is from Him. In God is my salvation and my glory, the rock of my strength, and my refuge is in God. Trust in Him at all times, ye people. Pour out your heart before Him. God is a refuge for us. God is a refuge for us. Now the word refuge is a word that means a fortress. A fortress. A high tower. God is a refuge. A fortress. Well, I remember watching a documentary about castles in England. And there was a castle that they had built and they had stocked this castle with all of these supplies. And when the enemy came to try to uh, uh, attack them, they just went into their castle and they stayed there over a year until help came. They had food. They had supply. They had a water supply inside their walls. There was a well-fortified castle. So no matter how much the attacking army was, was throwing the flaming missiles, where they were, were encamped around them, that's okay. I'm in my refuge. I'm in my fortress. In my fortress, there's a supply. In my fortress, I have peace. You know, they were sleeping good in their own beds. They were, they were going on with their life inside their refuge, inside their fortress. Do you know who was uncomfortable? The people out in the tents. The people, even though they were, they were outside seemingly free, you could say, they didn't have the supply that was available in the refuge. They didn't have the comfort that was available in the refuge. If we'll just learn how to enter into our fortress, if we'll just know Him as our refuge, if we'll just become acquainted with God as our high tower, isn't that what Psalm 91 refers to? I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge. I will say it. He is my refuge. Hallelujah. I'm strong in Him. I enter into Him. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. Hallelujah. We've got to know Him as our refuge. Now, for you and I here in the New Testament, we've got to identify how God has provided for us a constant refuge. He has provided a strong tower for us to live in. For us to move about our daily lives encamped in, in uh, inside, dwelling in and abiding in His refuge. So that wherever I go, His safety shield is going with me. Wherever, whatever I encounter, His supply is, is going with me. Amen? 
Let's go to Psalm 119. Psalm 119. God has provided his word to establish our lives. In Psalm 119, verse 89. Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. Settled. His word is settled, eternally established. The word of God is supernatural in essence. It is the creative power of God. It is the, the um, seed of God, the incorruptible seed of the word of God. The word of God is his will encapsulated in word form. He said, I send my word, it will not return to me empty. It will accomplish what I please, what I want. My will will be done, how? By his word. So God takes what he wants to happen and he puts it into his word and then he, he distributes that word into the situation. But for you and I, he's given us his word. He's given us his word for us to use. He said, take my thoughts. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. My ways are higher than your ways. We have access to his thoughts. We have access to his ways because we have been given his word. His word is spoken of as a sword. The sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Hallelujah. His word in my mouth is just as sharp as his word in the mouth of Jesus. Because my mouth is a blood-washed mouth. My mouth is a sanctified mouth. My mouth is God's mouth because he purchased me. Amen? So when I take his word and I put his word in my mouth, if Jeremiah under the old covenant can pull down, tear down, build and plant with the word, how much more can I do here in this new covenant with my spirit born again and alive unto God? How much more can I take the word and, and build some things that need to be built and tear down some things that need to be torn down? Hallelujah. So his word, his word is established in heaven. Matthew 24, 35. This is just one of the times that this statement is made, but instead of trying to go to all of them, we'll just look at one. Matthew 24, verse 35. It's a familiar verse to you. Heaven and earth shall pass away. Now, every day when you get up, do you expect for your, your feet to hit the floor and the floor to be there? Because you expect the earth's going to be under your feet, right? You open the door, you walk outside. What do you expect when you look up? Do you expect to look up and boom, the heaven is gone? No, but we know heaven and earth shall pass away. Heaven and earth shall pass away. Everything that we look at from this natural perspective, it will change. Hallelujah. But you know what won't change? is God's word. Do you see the establishing force? He said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words shall not pass away. My words shall not pass away. So you can build your life on his word in a way that will establish your life. 
Because His words are stable. His words are settled. They're, they're not passing away. If you, if you base your marriage, if you base your finances, if you base your whatever it may be, whatever aspect of your life, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to act on the word where that's concerned. I'm going to apply the word to that situation. I'm going to be a doer of the word right there. I'm going to speak the word over that. Those words are supernatural in essence and they are establishing forces. My word shall not Pass away. Isaiah 40 and verse 8. This is, this is the stronghold, the refuge that we have in Him. Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 8. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God shall stand forever. We talked about God being our refuge. How is He establishing our life? How is He making our life a safe, stable life? It begins with His Word. His Word is established, forever settled. His Word stands forever. The Word of our God shall stand. Hallelujah. So God has provided His Word for us to, encap to place into our life so that our life will be a stable, protected, off-limits to the attack of the enemy kind of life. He can attack, but He doesn't have to get one arrow through. The shield of faith is capable of quenching every fiery dart, every flaming missile of the enemy. The shield of faith. Where does that come from? The Word. The Word. The Word establishing us. So the Word established. Let's talk about this Word established. And as you're doing so, we'll go to the book of Hebrews. Chapter 11. And we'll find the scripture that the Lord gave our pastor to establish our foundation for our church family. Verse 3. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. The worlds were framed, framed by the Word of God. The word framed means equipped and fitted. It means to complete or arrange or put in order. The worlds were framed by the Word of God. So the Word of God is that, that force that provides the structure for our lives. God said, let there be light. There was light. And God said, let the firmament be. And let the heavens and, the, and, and earth, let this separation be here. And let this light be for night. And let this light be for the day. And, and all of those words established. All of those words framed. All of those words set in order. Arranged. Told 
how to do it, what to do, and guess what? Light is still moving at the same speed that it began the moment when God said, Light be. Light is obedient and is still operating. Never hesitated, never pulled back, never said, I'm tired of doing this. Amen? Why? Because the Word established it. The Word established it. We aren't supposed to have chaos lives. Y'all remember there was a saying going back about 10 years ago, no more drama for your mama or something like that. Save the drama for your mama or something like that. We don't have to live drama lives. We don't have to have out of control chaos. If things begin to get out of control, dominate. Take the word and subdue it. Take the word, the word of God, not your own words, not human words, not words that, that are just out of the head, not words that are out of frustration. No, take God's words and establish how it's supposed to be. That's how we establish peace in our home. That's how we establish the, the, the flow of our finances. That's how we establish. We take the word of God and we frame our world. Every one of us is responsible to frame our own world. You come into church and pastor and I, we, we, we teach you, we're passing out ammunition. We're equipping you so that you can go out and take this word and frame your world. Frame your finances, frame your marriage, frame your health. Don't wait until sickness comes to pull out the framing tools. Frame in advance so that when sickness comes, it can't find any place. So that when sickness comes, there's a resistance available and a knowledge of how to resist that. There's a knowledge already built in of I don't have to be sick another day in my life. I could live the rest of my life on this earth without any sickness in my body because he bore my sicknesses and carried my pains. Hallelujah. Himself took my infirmities. And where is that? It's framed in me. Now, I'll tell you, at the beginning of this year, the end of last year, the Lord began to compare to me 2 Corinthians chapter 10. It says that the weapons of our warfare are mighty through God, to pull down strongholds. And he said there are strongholds that the enemy tries to build. Your weapons are capable of pulling them down. But if you will take my word and build a stronghold in advance, the stronghold of my word will already be established in you. So there should be some strongholds that God's word has built in us. Because the word stronghold... That the enemy, the enemy's strongholds become something that hold us in bondage. But God's strongholds are, are well-fortified, established thought processes that hold us in covenant. I've never said that, but I'm going to go back and listen to that and put that in my notes. The, God's strongholds that are built by His Word are well-fortified, established 
thought processes that hold us in covenant. Woo, I like it so much I'm going to say it again. God's strongholds that are built and established by his word are well fortified. Woo. Come on, if you get a stronghold of healing, I mean, if you just take this word and you build healing scriptures in you so strong that no sickness, I mean, sickness will come, but it won't be able to overcome. Why? Because a stronghold will be there in advance. Hallelujah. A well-fortified, well-fortified stronghold, refuge, protection of thought processes that hold you in the covenant of God. That was worth you combing your hair and coming to church tonight. That was an utterance from God. I didn't say that. That came from the Lord. But the stronghold is something that is found here in Hebrews 11.3. We're framing our world. We're framing our world. We're, we're taking this, the bricks of these scriptures and we're building a castle, a refuge of covenant, a refuge of health, a refuge of God's help, a refuge of the favor of God, a refuge that we can live in. We never have to leave it. We can just live the rest of our life in this refuge of God. Hallelujah. Established in His goodness. So this word established means to set or fix firmly, unalterably, to settle permanently. That's what we want. We want the word to establish us. We want the word to, to frame our world. Through faith, we can frame our worlds by the word of God. So that things which are seen... We're not made of things which do appear. I've got some things in my life today that I couldn't even see 20 years ago. I, I mean, I remember the day God told me, that God, God, God encouraged me to come out of debt. I thought, out of debt? Are you kidding me, Lord? How, how can anybody even live without debt? How am I ever going to be out of debt? But the day He brought me out of debt... Things which were seen were not made of things which do appear. Hallelujah. There are, are supernatural creative plans that God wants to put into operation in our lives. There are, are things that your mind by itself would disqualify you from operating in it. Your mind would say, you can't do that. You don't have enough education for that. You're not, you're not qualified for that. You, you don't know enough to make that happen. But you've got to, you've got to let the word be established and he said, God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all you could ask or think according to the power that works in you. If you've got the stronghold that with God 
All things are possible. All things are possible to him who believes. If I've got a stronghold that takes that limit off God, then I don't have to consult my mind to find out if I'm qualified for that. I don't have to consult my mind to figure out if I've got the education to make that happen. Hallelujah. With God, all things are possible. But we've got to establish the word. And it has to be the word that we're standing on. Let's look at Luke chapter 6. Y'all, I brought my watch. Y'all are safe. We're almost, we're, at, we're almost at that place. I was there the other day. I had to look at Pastor and apologize. Like, Pastor, I'm so sorry. I, I don't even know what time it is. I just got so, so I put it on just for you. You're welcome. Luke chapter 6. Let's look at verse 47. I mean, he, t- he asked me to take the offering. Notice he didn't ask me Sunday night. Because I went so long Sunday morning. I took up my Sunday night time on Sunday morning. Oh, praise the Lord. Luke chapter 6, verse 47. We're talking about being established. Whoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them, I will show you to whom he is like. He is like a man which built a house and digged deep and laid the foundation on a rock. Is he your rock tonight? Is he your refuge? This is how we establish our lives on this rock, this refuge, this salvation, this defense of God. He, he, we, we build our house digging deep, laying the foundation as we hear and do the word, the sayings of Jesus. He, we lay the foundation on a rock and when the flood arose, And the stream beat vehemently upon that house and could not, could not, could not shake it. For it was founded upon a rock. But he that hears and does not is like that man that without a foundation built a house upon the earth against which the stream did beat vehemently and immediately it fell And the ruin of that house was great. We can avoid the ruin by establishing, framing our world by the word of God. By establishing the stronghold of God's word in our lives. All right, one one more close. James chapter 1 and verse 22. We started in James. We might as well just go back and end there. James 1, let's look at 22. But be ye doers of the word and not hearers only. Doers of the word, not hearers only. Doers. Doers listen differently than than hearers only. And I'm going to use an example from years ago before maps were on our phone. I remember someone coming to me and asking me for directions to get to a certain place. And as I was giving these very specific detailed directions, 
I'm not going to throw him under the bus. As I was giving these very detailed, specific directions, he was nodding his head, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. I'm like, he don't know. He, he's, he is not paying attention to my detailed, specific directions. He's a hearer only. And guess what? We didn't even have cell phones back then. He had to stop at a payphone and ask me about that third turn. Because he didn't, he didn't write it down. He wasn't, he wasn't repeating it back to me. Okay, now I go down Gallatin Road and I come to uh, uh, this road and I turn right. And then when I get to where the big uh, uh, Pizza Hut is, I need to turn left. No, none of the repeating, nothing to, to make sure it's getting into. It, it was like, uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah, okay, great. Boom, out the door, calling me on the phone, hearer only. Hearer only. And you know what? I've done it. You've done it. Before we had maps, we were guilty of that too. We were like, oh, what was that other thing she told me? It was usually my grandma's recipe. Like, yeah, I'll remember. I'll remember. And then when I tasted it, I forgot something. I forgot something in this recipe because it is not looked like grandma's biscuits. I don't know how she made them so pretty and mine looks so ugly. Now I know why they call them cat head biscuits. They were sad. But grandma's were so pretty and fluffy and perfectly round. You know, I was missing, so I should have wrote some notes out. I was a hearer only. But when I, as I began to, to mature, I learned how to ask questions. Repeat that part for me again. Tell me that part again. I'm, I'm not embarrassed to ask, ask them to go over that step with me again. Because I intend to do this. I'm not just a hearer only. I intend to be a doer of this. Right? And so he says, be doers of the word. Not just a hearer. Of the word, yeah, uh-huh, got it, uh-huh, uh-huh. And then you get out there and like, what was I supposed to do? What was that other step? Oh, trust in the Lord and don't lean to my understanding. Hmm, that's where I missed it, right? Well, it was the hearer versus a hearer who intends to do it. And I think that's what is brought out to me when I read Deuteronomy 28, when it says, hearken diligently to the voice of the Lord your God. Why? To observe and to do. How, how, how do you see yourself doing it? You hearken diligently. I'm hearing it, but I'm listening with the intent of, I'm about to do this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be putting this into practice, so I better listen good. And so he says, be a hearer who is a doer, not just a hearer only. The person who is a hearer only is deceiving their own selves. They think they, they are qualified just because they heard it. Faith does come by hearing, but faith doesn't stop at hearing. According to Mark chapter 11, if faith is operating, we'll be saying to the mountain, 
be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, or saying to the sickness, you leave my body, saying to the symptom, you have no right to be in my body, be moved out of my body. And while they're saying it, they're not doubting, but they believe that what they say will come to pass. That person, not just the hearer, the hearing is the initial activation, but that hearing then motivates me to action. So he says, if any be a hearer and not a doer, he is like someone who looks at his natural face in a glass or a mirror. Looking in the mirror, but then walking away and forgetting what they saw in the mirror. And this is, the, this is what we look into to see ourselves. We look into the Word of God and we see who we are in Christ. And we see that we're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And we see that we're redeemed from sickness. And we see that we're redeemed from poverty. And then if we just leave it with the looking into the mirror and walk away and then say, oh, that symptom, I must not have got it. Wait a minute. That symptom doesn't mean I'm not the healed of the Lord. It just means I'm under attack. And I need to put my shield up. I need to build my strong tower. I need to go into my refuge. Right? And so, hearing is followed by doing. Notice verse 25. Whoever looks into the Word of God, the perfect law of liberty, whoever looks into this maturing, developing the, the liberty in your life, the perfect law of liberty. I'm looking into it. This is it. This is the perfect law of liberty. If I will keep looking in this, continuing therein, I will not be a person who walks away and forgets what I saw in Isaiah 53, 4. I won't walk away and forget what I saw in, in Galatians chapter 6. I won't walk away. No, I'm going to keep looking back at it. And then I'm going to act on it. Continuing therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his doing. It's going to work for you. If you'll work it, it'll work for you. It's working. Hallelujah. You don't know where you would be if you hadn't been in the word the way you have been in the word. Don't let the enemy beat you up in the head and saying you're not as far off. And listen, I'm much farther than I even know. I'm farther along in this than I know because I've been working the word. And just watch me now. Just watch me now. Amen. Oh, just lift your hands and say, thank you, Father, for your goodness. For your stronghold. You are my salvation. You are my defense. I trust in you. In Jesus' name. Stand with me to your feet. Let's declare the vision of our church.